welcome to Live Your Own Way with me, Lucy Gleason Interiors, chatting homes, life and inspiration with my very special guests. I'm having a good old chat with Anita Brown this week, founder of SketchUp Hub. You may or may not already know that SketchUp is a 3D modeling computer program used by designers to create drawings and design applications, including very much interior design. Anita created SketchUp Hub a few years ago now, which is a place to learn SketchUp confidently and in your own time, creating professional floor plans and elevations and also how to present them. You can also discover rendering techniques and find out industry tips. Although the courses are available to everybody, I really love that she wants to empower women on their design journeys. Since she started, Anita has amassed over 70,000 followers on Instagram alone, sharing her floor plans and offering tips, inspiration and ideas to fellow designers. She also loves houseplants, so really, she is my kind of lady. Hello, Anita. Welcome. Thanks for joining me. You're very welcome. It is a delight to be on your podcast. Oh, thank you. I've really been looking forward to our chat because I can really see how passionate you are about what you do and it's really inspiring clearly for your students too. It would be good to start with exactly what SketchUp is and also how you started because you were a civil servant before weren't you? I was indeed for my sins. (laughs) I mean to be honest see now that when I think about it uh, with the job that I do now especially how creative it is uh, when I think back to the days of when I sat at a desk, a nine-to-five job in the civil service. It's like, wow. Anyway, uh, yes, I own the SketchUp Hub. I founded it about four years ago. And its main purpose is to help empower uh, interior designers so that they create accurate and professional floor plans and elevations using SketchUp for the ultimate benefit of their business. Um, We have recently expanded to include Photoshop and Canva for mood boards and client presentations. And um, I just, really the SketchUp Hub wants to champion and support female interior designers as much as possible when it comes to SketchUp because CAD software in general would be considered quite a male-dominated industry. And I am a 3D visualizer. I have a background in interior design. So I'm very aware of how male dominated it is and how intimidating it can be for females to use that software, especially interior designers when floor plans and elevations and things like that of a presentational nature are actually pivotal to their role. So I was a civil servant. I had my second midlife crisis in my early 30s. I've already had my third. That was a, that was a, that was in within the last couple of years. Uh, but when I had my second midlife crisis, I decided that the civil service maybe wasn't for me. Um, but the whole thing really started when I decided to take a diploma in interior design. Um, it was with the National Design Academy, and uh, I just wanted to do something different, especially in the the weekends and evenings to fill my time. And I became all consumed by it. And it was through that that I discovered SketchUp. And I have to say, this sounds very dramatic, but SketchUp changed my life. I can, I can totally see how that could happen. Yeah, it, uh, I have very much, uh, like, I'm very creative, but I'm very technically 
minded as well. And I think SketchUp is the perfect marriage between creativity and technicality. And for someone like me, I like I lost weekends self-learning or self-teaching SketchUp. Curtains were closed. The phone was turned off and I just completely threw myself into it. And that's not people listening who have used SketchUp or who are learning SketchUp will be very aware of that. It becomes addictive very, very quickly. And it's because of its intuitive nature. It's very user-friendly. You know, this is not AutoCAD. It's not a black screen uh, with lots of tacky looking components and elements to it. You know, even the interface of SketchUp is very welcoming. Um, and it kind of breaks down all those kind of initial nerves and anxieties that women can and do have when it comes to learning CAD software. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can totally relate to that because I was lucky enough to um, win a scholarship to learn the 3D visualizing with you at SketchUp Hub. And I am absolutely loving it. And it's helped my confidence no end. So a scholarship something that you will carry on doing? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the goal is to have is to host those at least once a year um, because part of my overall mission is to increase accessibility um, and, you know, providing opportunities to women is very important to me. One, because I'm a woman and I know that interior design being a female dominated industry, as I said, when it comes to CAD software, it's male dominated. And I just want to try and do everything I can to bring those barriers down even more. Um, Like I had mentioned to you previously that I was a midlife career changer and most of my audience uh, and especially my customers are midlife career changers as well. Um, And I really became aware of that when I did, uh, when I started doing live webinars and I asked the attendees, do we have any midlife career changers? And I couldn't believe the number that said yes. And I was like, okay, so what are you currently working at? What 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 are you transitioning from? And we had physiotherapists, solicitors, accountants, teachers, nurses. I mean, the list went on. And it was the first time that I actually realized that I had a lot in common with these women because I did exactly the same thing. And I think when it happens, to you when you when when you actually realize hold on a second here i've been living basically under a cloud for the past 20 years in a job that i hate um it's actually very liberating when you realize i don't want to do this i i need to do something that i'm passionate about and that fills me with joy and i have to say this is when i i don't know if you're familiar with this have you ever watched the steve jobs um address at harvard no i haven't I watched it years ago. It was around the time I left the civil service and he actually spoke about the importance of doing a job that you love. And it hit me so hard that I remember thinking, I remembered at the time thinking I have to do this because it it actually does take a lot of bravery and courage to leave a job that you've done for a long time um, to go out into the unknown. And there are so many women doing that. So um, all of that, you know, was really important when I decided to create, just to go back to your question, when I decided to create the scholarships because I wanted to increase accessibility and to uh, welcome more women into the fold, if you like. 
I do. I am planning on getting T-shirts made, a little bit of merch, and I am going to donate a certain percentage of the profits to charities as well. I mean, that is all in the pipeline. Uh, the unfortunate circumstances that we've been experiencing over the last 18 months um, has kind of put a little bit of an issue there with, you know, getting the T-shirt sorted. But um, yeah, I think it's important for any business or brand to do some kind of thing that shows that they're trying to give back. Are there any areas that people find most challenging when they start learning SketchUp? Do you know, probably one of the most challenging is actually getting rid of bad habits, especially if they've already self-taught SketchUp. And um, things like maybe, you know, certain commands and uh, in SketchUp change depending on the action you take with your mouse. Um, and that is actually one of the biggest things I've learned is that um, they actually need to slow down People are much more fast-paced nowadays. They want to do everything quickly and they want to run through everything a lot quicker to get to the end result. And it doesn't work like that, especially when you're learning something new. So I always have to remind my students to slow down, be patient. It's a process and you will get there. But, you know, trying to rush through doesn't you know, get you anywhere. It doesn't get you there any faster. It actually causes more problems. Yeah. So, um, and I do find the, the impatience is probably uh, a big problem too. They become very frustrated if they don't get the result that they want or that I'm showing on my video tutorial. Um, And I have to sometimes, I mean, I do do it a lot. And I, I, would, I would say to a lot of my students, you know, it's not worth getting upset over you know, go and have a cup of tea, take more regular breaks. And uh, I, you know, when you've got fresh eyes, it'll be completely different. The reason I'm, I would guide them an awful lot is because I do offer support to every single person that takes my courses. Um, so it's like, you know, I remember in the past when I self-taught SketchUp, um, there was no support. You had to stumble through until you hopefully got a result that you wanted or that you were able to create an effect that you wanted. And I remember thinking that that was such a horrible way to learn. It's very isolating. It's uh, demoralizing. And I remember thinking to myself, right, well, when I create these courses, I'm going to offer support because there's just nothing worse than just being left to, to feel challenged on your own. Well, I found it really helpful. And you've been great with me, to be honest. And I at first thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to learn this, but I feel very confident with it now. So which course would you say is best to start with if you're a novice? When it comes to the courses that I sell, I have actually bundled up a number of courses. So there's seven different courses that you work through. And when I initially established the SketchUp Hub, I did market research and I asked about 120 interior designers what they preferred. Um, and they asked for individual courses to be available, you know, sold separately on different topics. But it ended up that um, the bundle has been the most popular when someone decides to learn SketchUp with me on my courses. Um, they're generally beginners and they take the entire bundle. But I have actually ordered the individual courses in the bundle in like a, a logical progression. So 
Everything is aimed at beginner. I start with at the basics from the very beginning, but gradually as you work through the bundle, it becomes more, not complex, but it does go up a notch every time in terms of skill. It also helps you because you feel that you're, you know, gradually accomplishing more and more so that by the very end, uh, you're able to produce watercolor illustrations of your floor plans and your elevations and you feel like you have really achieved something. I have to be honest, the most popular course is the rendering course, course seven. People, well, people, when I say people, I mean interior designers love getting to that stage because it's so creative and the watercolor effect is just so beautiful. It's very pretty. I think that's probably been my favorite part so far as well. So what would you say makes life easier doing SketchUp compared to doing hand drawings in interior design? (gasps) Oh my God. It's great that I can speak from experience here because I remember when I studied interior design with the National Design Academy, uh, creating technical drawings by hand, and I absolutely detested every second of it. Um, And it's because of the precision and the perfection that's required. And I, unfortunately, am quite a perfectionist. I'm a Virgo. I'm sorry, I can't help it. And when I was creating those technical plans, if I didn't get a corner spot on and there was like, you know, the, 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 the line overshot, I would do the entire plan all over again. And I remember, this is before I actually became aware of SketchUp, and I remember sitting one night thinking, I can't do this. I cannot continue like this because I'm going to go insane. So I started Googling and I became aware of AutoCAD and a few other uh, software apps for CAD and SketchUp. And I did self-teach AutoCAD. It required a bottle of wine and uh, the dummies for, you know, or AutoCAD for dummies book. And I spent two days uh, trying to self-teach AutoCAD and I was able to produce a rectangle after two days. I kid you not. So um, I did progress, obviously, with AutoCAD, but it was a torturous process. And I always found that with AutoCAD, everything took longer. It just never felt like an organic, natural fit for me. But when I started using SketchUp, it, it it all fell into place. I just, it was just, it was a breath of fresh air. So now you also create the furniture for the 3D model shop, don't you? How do you fit it all into your day? With great difficulty. <laughs> it's a balancing act. It's a juggle. It's a juggling act like everyone else, I suppose. I have to be honest. The reason I have the 3D model shop is to keep my own skills sharp. The one thing I tell every single person who's learning SketchUp is that they must never not use SketchUp for more than two weeks, especially when they're learning, because you will forget. And I remember when I first learned SketchUp and I I stopped using it for a couple of months. And when I went back to use it again, I literally forgot everything. And I remember the devastation and the depression that hit me when I realized I'm going to have to learn this from scratch again. And so I really do tell everyone, please don't leave it longer than two weeks. You will forget. And that's part of the reason why I set up the 3D model shop, because I need to practice as well. Now, people obviously do find the 3D models very useful. They're at a, they're a very high quality. They are, they've already been created in SketchUp. So you just literally import. Um, so there's no compliance issues. but 
I just felt that I needed something, um, some kind of vehicle to continue that. I mean, I do still offer a 3D visualization and a CAD service to interior designers. So whilst I am running the SketchUp Hub and providing support and obviously creating new course content, I'm, I'm also doing commissions on the side. Your plans are so realistic as well, though. You must get told that a lot. When I do photoreal 3D visuals, I did use Maxwell Render. Maxwell Render is really like, it's high level, kind of top notch uh, rendering software. There's so many different varieties available out there with different levels of uh, like learning curves. And Maxwell Render would be one of the more kind of high end for, you know, real like professionals. Um, But I did recently make the move to V-Ray. V-Ray would probably be the industry's most recognized uh, photoreal rendering software. But I always personally just preferred Maxwell Render. But Maxwell Render, unfortunately, just takes too long uh, to render the images. And I recently made the transition to V-Ray and I am quite happy with it. Um, And the reason I did that too is because I am planning on launching new 3D courses, including photoreal rendering in the new year. How long is that going to take you to put together, do you think? Um, It it is going to take a couple of months. I remember when I first launched the bundle course, um, that that took about three months to put together. But I am hoping to have the 3D course launched, hopefully by the end of January. We'll see how it goes. I have a, a couple of advanced Photoshop rendering courses that I want to put out because I do... Uh, post a lot of Photoshop rendered elevations and floor plans on my Instagram and they've become very popular and I do teach that in my current course, uh, course number seven, rendering floor plans and elevations but I have uh, like advanced skills and techniques that I use on my Instagram uh, renders and a lot of interior designers keep asking me about, you know, if I'm going to do courses on that. So I'm actually working on that at the minute. I will hopefully have that launched in the next couple of weeks. So what I'm going to do is have a client presentation course. So this is just a bit more of an advanced level on my current mood board course. And I will have advanced rendering techniques using Photoshop And I will also have a really lovely course on how to create a PDF document of a design scheme or a proposal that you're putting forward for a client. Fantastic. Well, brilliant. I'm looking forward to that. Now, you were saying that you also create plans for interior designers. So I guess that allows time for designers to focus on the creative and sourcing side. Do you have a lot of clients? To be honest, I did before I started SketchUp Hub. I was a full-time 3D visualizer. And um, I did do mostly 3D visuals, photoreal, illustrative for a wide range of industries, including interior design. At the minute, I try to fit it in when I can. Um, but So I wouldn't do them that often. It depends on what I have on at any given time. But if I, I mean, I would get a lot of inquiries. And if I can do it, I will 100%. And are all of your clients based uh, close by or can you do it virtually for anybody anywhere? I have very few clients in Northern Ireland uh, where I am based. I'm based in Belfast. Most of my clients are uh, UK mainland, especially in and around London. And there are also international clients. My actual students for the SketchUp Hub are international, very much so. 
and usually Australia, Canada, America, and UK mainland is where they're all from. But Northern Ireland, unfortunately, um, can be a little backwards when it comes to things like that. Tacky stuff and kind of, you know, moving with the times. Um, so I have found that I had to go further afield when it came to 3D visualization. Now let's talk about color palette. Do you have a favorite one that you personally like to work with? The colors that I love to work with at the minute, a hundred percent is blush, teal and mustard. And I don't know how or why it started. I don't know where I first saw the inspiration. But I'm obs- I'm basically obsessed with those colors, and generally speaking, in my floor plans and elevations that I post on Instagram, you'll you're, you will always see one of those three colors. I actually remember years ago, I hated blush. I was anti blush pink, and I was I think I was rebelling because it became so popular. I mean, it, actually, when you think about it, blush pink has been popular a popular color for actually quite a few years. And I just never, I just couldn't accept it. I never got on board with it. And I do that a lot, to be honest. I'm usually late to the party. And there was one day I was in this interior shop and I saw this really lovely vase and about, it was quite tall and tapered and two thirds of it had a concrete effect and the bottom third had a glossy blush pink and I absolutely adored it. And it was the juxtaposition. It was because the concrete was quite industrial and cool and the blush pink was um, glossy and overtly feminine. If you, you know, like it or not, pink would have that kind of uh, feel to it. And I absolutely loved it. And I bought it on the spot. And from then, I completely embraced (laughs) blush pink. Well, I'm totally with you on that. Um, And it's a really calming colour, isn't it? So what about any colours that you would shy away from? Mine personally is probably brown. Do you know, I would agree with that. Brown is a tough colour. I do have a walnut kitchen (laughs) and it is really dark and really brown. Um, But green, I'm I'm not into green, which is ridiculous considering the amount of plants I have. When did you start getting into houseplants? I would describe mine as an obsession initially. At the minute, I have about 12, 12 or 13. And to be honest, that's my tipping point. I've had a few more than that. And I find that when I go over my tipping point, they become a little bit of a drag, (laughs) uh, you know, to look after. So I try to keep it around 12. And if I want to get a new plant, I have to replace it. Um, you know, and give it away. I can't just add it to the collection. I started the plant obsession really uh, shortly into the pandemic, like a lot of people. But unfortunately, around that time, my mum passed away. And I actually found the plants to be very therapeutic because it helped me focus on other things than myself and what I was going through at that time. I don't want it to I don't want it to turn into a depressing conversation and stuff, but that's really what happened. Um I was out one day and I saw a plant in MS and it was a calathea and I had no clue what calatheas were. I had no idea that they were fussy plants. I didn't know how to look after it, but I was absolutely blown away by the leaf pattern. I didn't know those leaf patterns existed 
I was completely shocked by its beauty. And I thought, I need you in my life right now. And I bought it and I had no idea that the leaves moved. And (laughs) it was so funny because, and I gave all my Instagram followers updates on this plant because the leaves gradually drooped over the over the space of two days but I had no idea that plants needed to acclimate I was like see when I say I was clueless I was completely clueless and I was like guys why are these leaves drooping so much what's going on with this plant and then literally like within a couple of days a miracle a modern day miracle happened and these leaves started to go up and it was like ta-da you know and it had finally you know acclimated to my environment And then obviously the reality of Calatheas started with, you know, dry tips and all this kind of palaver. But um, yes, I I really do love the plants. I I recently got a fiddle leaf fig. I feel now I'm basically at expert level, not going to lie. And, you know, I've been propagating and I have a variegated Monstera, which I love. And I, I touch the leaves and I go over to my plants every day sometimes multiple times a day. And it's just something I get so much enjoyment from. And I know you're exactly the same. What is your favorite plant? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, my my plant um, collection has got out of hand. Um, I would say probably actually also fiddle leaf fig. And I just got another one the other day. Um, but they're just so lovely to nurture and they're all different, aren't they? And I've obviously seen a monstera that you have on Instagram and I've got complete envy it's beautiful so and speaking of Instagram also you have got over 70,000 followers now so do you feel a pressure to sort of keep posting and keeping it you know interesting and fresh oh my god the pressure is real and you know what Instagram has changed its algorithm uh from last year and it is so obvious to me I don't know if you have picked up on it but my engagement has really gone down quite a bit from last year like there was times I was getting maybe and I know it's not important right I know that likes and all this at the end of the day it's not the be all and end all but it is still quite important when you have a business account on Instagram it really is because you know it drives traffic to your website it increases brand visibility uh, you get to know your target audience you get to connect you build a relationship So whilst the actual number of likes isn't the be all and end all, the engagement is important. And the only way that you get engagement is if you are consistent and you post and you're posting things that are relevant to your audience. But if you do that and your engagement seems to not be reflecting what, you know, the activity that you're undertaking, it's a little bit demoralizing. And there is pressure. There's pressure to always make sure that you're offering valuable content because if you don't offer valuable content, your audience is going to lose interest. Yeah, exactly. You can only do your best. And I've totally seen that change in the algorithm as well. So as you can say, it could be a bit disheartening, but um, you just have to kind of keep cracking on, don't you? So in terms of like on Instagram, you see DIY and also interior design. What would you say? Is this a difficult question? How would you differentiate between DIY and um, proper interior design? Oh, that is such a dark question. Um, you and I both know that there is an actual fact, a big difference between DIY and interior design. Interior design is a discipline where you're using... I don't know. There's probably about seven different principles, isn't there? 
of how to create aesthetically pleasing but also very functional interiors that take into consideration a brief and a budget and a time scale uh, that's using a lot of skill and knowledge uh, to execute. Whereas DIY, and listen, I've seen a lot of very good DIY, but I've also seen a lot of horrendous DIY on Instagram. And to be honest, I think Instagram gets a bad rep sometimes because people do say that it is full of so much of, you know, X, Y, and Z. But even though there can be dodgy content, and when I say dodgy, I mean questionable, there's also fantastic content. You know, if it's it, you know, if you're not going to make the effort to find it, then you're you're not going to be able to optimize or maximize your experience. I think interior designers have in the past got a bit of a bad rap, haven't they? So I really enjoyed your video that you made with your interior designer friend Caroline, where you did a day in the life. Do you do you find that people's um, people's perceptions have changed or got a bit better and realize that interior designers will actually work really hard. I thank you for mentioning that video. I loved it as well. And it was actually quite popular at the time when I published it. It was very off the cuff. It wasn't planned. I just said to Caroline, um, why don't we just do a vlog and we'll look at a project you're working on and we'll do a tour of your home. I had never set foot in her home before. I had no idea she had such a beautiful, stunning home. She was, she was very modest and very humble. And uh, we'll do a, a tour of your studio and we'll talk a little bit about what you do. And then she took me to that um, Georgian-styled new build and I was just blown away by it. It's actually got plaster on the walls now and cornicing and stuff. She did an update on it last week. So I'm actually hoping to go back once it's finished because I think that'll just be really exciting, especially for all my audience and viewers to take a look at that. But back to your question about interior designers and public perception. Um, I think it's a mixed bag. I still think there's a lot of education required uh, and that I still think the public is still quite misinformed about what a skilled um, role interior design is. It's not plumping cushions. It's not about karate chops. Um, it's not about, you know, fixing curtains and whatever. It's so much more than that. What advice would you give to somebody who is interested in interior design and is keen to learn to do sketch up and to learn all of the skills, but it's just umming and ahhing. I mean, obviously I did for a while about learning to do the, the technical side of things. So what, what best advice can you offer? The best advice I can offer is to have more confidence in you and your skills and your capabilities. Um, we all have moments of self-doubt. And I, I suppose it's called imposter syndrome nowadays. And I did actually do... Um, a podcast on that on my YouTube channel. Go check it out, guys. But you you need to have more confidence in yourself. Trust yourself. Trust your your uh, gut instincts, and don't allow anyone or anything to hold you back. I remember when I wanted to leave the civil service, and I told my family I was met with complete and utter silence, and. I remember thinking, well, at the end of the day, I don't need anyone else's validation. I don't need anyone else's approval. I'm going to go with me and what my heart is telling me and that I should do. 
and I did it because I felt that the universe, I, I do have a, I do believe in the universe giving you signals and signs and listening to those signals and signs and your intuition and going for it. Don't let anyone or anything hold you back. I think that's really good advice. And I think design is seen as sometimes seen as a bit precarious as a job. But actually, if you look around, everything's been designed, hasn't it? There's actually a lot of scope for design in all sorts of fields. Listen, don't get me started about how understated design is in general. Everywhere you look, something has been designed and created and collaborated on to produce something that has a visual aesthetic. But for some strange reason in the world that we live in today, designers are underestimated. I mean, there's that huge debate about, you know, people always haggling with designers, whether it's a graphic designer, an interior designer, whatever, a furniture designer, always haggling about their worth and what they're charging. And that's because people who aren't creative have absolutely no sense of the creative process and what it involves. It is such an organic process and it's such an internal process and what it takes for you to get from A to B to produce something, it's not a straight line. It's actually very curved and ziggy-zaggy and, you know, it requires so much to of yourself to get to that stage. And I really hate it when people look down or underestimate what's involved, especially when it comes to interior design, because it's just so unwarranted. I find interior designers to be absolute geniuses. I have nothing but the utmost respect for interior designers because what they do is not easy. It is not easy. And to be honest, I know people that would have had a certain opinion about interior designers. And when they have tried to uh, decorate their own homes, they have realized that the struggle is real. It's not actually as easy as you think it is. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And there's just so much to coordinate and, and think about during the process, isn't there? So what are the, the plans for SketchUp Hub then? What are you doing next? The SketchUp Hub is planning on continuing to expand and build on the course content. So at the minute, I'm working on the advanced Photoshop rendering courses. I'm hoping to get those out really soon, within the next couple of weeks. And then in the new year, there's going to be the launch of the 3D course, including photoreal rendering, because I want to build, I want to continue to build on the skills that all my students um, have learned. And obviously, if there are people or interior designers that are already skilled in SketchUp, but would like to further improve those again, then obviously the 3D course, including photoreal rendering, will be an absolute bonus for them because photoreal rendering is still a massive, it's still a demand in, in interior design. Interior designers are always asking me about uh, photoreal rendering. And whilst I don't think it's the be all and end all, I feel it's really important that interior designers have a multitude, quite a, a wide range of styles that they can produce depending on time frame, budget, client preferences. Um, it's still very much in demand. So I need to address that and meet that demand. But obviously, I standards are very important to the SketchUp Hub. I will never produce something that's going to cut corners, whereby it will have an impact on standards. But I have to say that the 3D course 
will show you like the most efficient workflows without compromising on quality. That's really important to me. But I and I and the reason I'm doing that is because I feel it's really important that interior designers work as quickly and as efficiently as possible. They can't afford to spend all day creating a 3D model. It's just not realistic. So I will be including a lot of hacks, a lot of efficient workflow, uh, things that will help you shave down all that time that you're spending creating 3D models and photoreal renders so that the final result will be produced quicker, but you'll actually be producing it at a higher quality. It'll be a much better standard. And then there will be other things after that as well, Lucy. Um, Like I would eventually like to do an Instagram course because I get asked about that a lot and a few other courses um, in, in the works there too. But at the minute, short term, it's really about getting more course content out that is in high demand at the minute. Fantastic. Well, I'll look forward to all of that. And thank you so much for the catch up today. And I'm looking forward to seeing all of the inspiration on Instagram as well. So thanks very much, Anita. You're very welcome. I absolutely, this wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be <laughs> because this is the first time I've ever done this as an interviewee. Um, so uh, it's, it was an absolute pleasure to have a chat with you. And uh, I hope your audience has found this useful. I'm sure they will really enjoy it. Thank you. If you'd like to check out the SketchUp Hub website, then it's at www.sketchuphub.com and you can find Anita's Instagram at SketchUpHub. And I really cannot recommend the courses enough. You can see what I'm up to over on my website, Lucy Gleason Interiors, www.lucylovesy.com and find me on Instagram at Lucy Gleason Interiors. Next week, I've got another great creative guest. So don't forget to subscribe to Live Your Own Way. And until then, have a good one. Mm-hmm.